Hey everyone, it is your friend and neighbor, Samuel Richards, and if you haven't noticed, I'm back. After about two weeks of being sick, I'm so excited to be back in the studio, um, and my voice doesn't sound as grovelly as it did uh, in recording. Anyway, I wanted to let you know about some upcoming updates, some things we're going to do, and some old updates that you're used to. The first thing I wanted to talk about was kind of what we're talking about today in the episode, which is balance. Um, The whole team over here at Community Roots has been working tirelessly to um, get out episodes every week, and we're actually going to take about a a month-long break. So throughout the month of March, we aren't going to put out any new episodes, but we'll put out some of our old ones so that you're still in the loop, so that you still get some um, reminders and some mental health into your day-to-day. But we're going to take this break to um, refresh, recharge, and kind of go back at it um, at the beginning of April. So don't worry, Community Roots will be back, and we're still with you every step of the way. Um, But we're going to take this quick month-long break. Uh, The other thing that I wanted to say was check us out on Facebook and Instagram. You can do that by searching at communityroots.pod. That's where a lot of our updates come out. Um, Mom and Adrienne also post some uplifting stuff that you can look forward to on your newsfeed or your Instas. Um, Another thing that you can do is email us. Even during our break, please email us and let us know any thoughts you're having, um, any questions that you have, or connections you want to make. Um, You can do that by emailing us at communityroots.pod at gmail.com. And we'll get there right away. I've said this before, but your emails go straight to our pockets. So you're our little community too. So definitely reach out and um, we can get closer together. So check that out. Um, Another thing is iTunes. If you could head out to iTunes, rate and review us. Nothing helps us more. We are being seen all over the world. And every time you take the time to do that, it really helps us. And uh, we really appreciate it. Um, Enough with announcements. Um, Please enjoy the show together, and we will see you in April. And the latest um, Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker had that scene where Ray's sitting there doing her meditation moment. Oh, yeah. Kind of floating in air, trying to get her focus so she can connect to the Force. I love that you use the word focus because a lot of times people think that meditation is emptying your brain mm. and it's actually a practice of balance, of coming back, of, of acknowledging that your brain will wander mm-hmm. and you want to bring it come back it's not a it's not emptying your brain it's just practicing mindfulness mm-hmm. you are welcome and not just about being calm mm. but allowing for what's there so so pon- ponder on those words for a little while too 
we will have community roots yoga community roots meditation community roots jedi edition (laughs) (laughs) anyway hi everyone welcome to community roots a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together i'm samuel richards i'm julie richards i'm sarah wakefield and we're back we did it (laughs) everybody here is semi-healthy it's true it is true. I mean, you're the one who's back, though. I'm back. We have carried the um, the torch. Weight. Yeah. We carried right. the torch for you. Wow, and it was a great episode. Thanks. I actually should have done one of my post edits where I had commented like, "Ooh, sounds Oca- good." Occasional <laughs> interesting. Yeah, there right. you go. That would have been fun. Yeah, we need another studio down in Old Town East, <laughs> just for those tiny little comments. But um, so I guess this week we're talking about balance and um, definitely, as always, it's timely as we decide to kind of rest and recuperate this next month. Um, The idea of balance seems very appealing as 52 episodes a a year seems a little bit intimidating. So this idea of balance seems relevant and definitely useful. It's something we really have to pay attention to that if we're wanting to do this mental health podcast that we are taking uh, heed to what is important for all of us for self-care mm-hmm. and that it really wouldn't be healthy for us to push through and try to force something to happen whenever we're not modeling what health looks like and what our humanity needs, which is some pacing, which is a lot of what balance I think is about. And mom pointed out the irony of us recording at almost nine o'clock um, in the studio. So this will be a work in process progress for all of us as we learn how do we strike that good balance, that middle ground. It's definitely a, a follow up to the perfection episode because we're not perfect either. We're just, mm. we're learning and we're figuring it out. And so I think that there's something about uh, vulnerability in that of that we get to be human too. And we're learning what balance looks like. We're looking at paying attention to what our needs are and being more mindfully aware so that we can attend to ourselves, take care of ourselves. That mindfulness, that awareness, it's difficult. It's a constant checking in. Um, Balance is not easy. Balance is about bringing ease and bringing kindness into your life, but it's also difficult to practice because it is a practice. It's easy to go, you know, from zero or to go 100, but to go, to be balanced, to practice balance means you practice it and it's a constant checking in. And I find that it's pretty difficult sometimes to incorporate balance throughout my life. Mm -hmm. I could definitely see that. It's kind of like a muscle that needs to be worked. Like normally I can't really tell if I'm out of balance unless I'm going a hundred or zero. Um, and even then it takes a couple days for me to realize, Oh crap, this isn't sustainable. It kind of reminds me of driving a stick shift where you're taking your feet and you're trying to figure out what's that exact smooth place Mm -hmm. where you can push the gas and release the clutch and, there's a sense of if I jolt that and pull too fast, too far, you're going to stall out the car and you'll get, you know, tossed about by that. Um, but if we're too extreme on either or, then we're, we're really making for a bumpy ride. So if, once you find that sweet spot of, okay, 
you know, I like what you're saying, Sarah, about the, I have to check in with myself. I have to be noticing what's going on with me so that I can attend to that and, and help take care of what it is that I'm needing. I really like your car and clutch analogy because you will either stall out or you'll squeal your, squeal your tires and neither practice is sustainable. (laughs) You'll either, you'll get nowhere or somewhere very fast and risky. Yeah. Um, Julie, can you start us off with what balance is we've just been talking about it but um the meta uh discussion like the what is balance for us I think I guess one part of it that I like that we're touching on right from the beginning is that it really is part of self-care and it is part of finding what moderation is so that we're not on the extremes that we're not trying to do too much and we're also not trying to do too little. We're kind of trying to find more of a sweet spot of what, you know, yoga with Adrienne for all of the, she has like 5 million followers or something, Mm -hmm. but um, she has a phrase that she uses on there, find what feels good. And I like that because you have to pay attention to your body and to what your, your body is trying to communicate to you where it's too much, where it's too hard or where it needs some stretching or where you need your alignment and your posture um, as Sarah sits up a little straighter. Um, but you're, you're noticing what your body is trying to communicate to you. And when you have tight, tense muscles, you can stretch those and breathe into those. When you're feeling, isn't it interesting? I think you don't even realize how dehydrated you are until you start to take a little bit of water in and then you start gulping a whole lot of water because you've gotten really dried out. And that's the same sort of thing. It's, I think it's a process of noticing. So then why is balance important? We've covered what balance is. Um, and I think what I, what really gets me excited is why is balance important for us? So, I think of balance in terms of healing and growth. Like what is going to, for my mental health, for my emotional, relational healing, what will put me in a good place, on a good path and a good trajectory? And, you know, I've thought before about how sometimes when we think about healing journeys, some people want to avoid them altogether and, you know, they might want to numb or um, self-medicate or something to not have to feel anything. And on the other extreme is we just want to push really fast and hard because they just want to get it over with. And moderation, like in our healing journey, looks like uh, pacing. And what Peter Levine talks about is titration, which is this idea of Um, going into the trauma vortex and coming out and going in and coming out and just doing a little bit at a time because if we do too much or too fast we will undo ourselves we will re-traumatize is it kind of like a rubber band when you want to stretch out something or your muscles you practice a little bit at a time and you just keep expanding that um, practice that rubber band does that make sense I, I can see that where it, in a way, it's like you're integrating little by little. Mm. You're allowing that trauma, that memory to be further processed and digested and metabolized. And so 
like balance between our left brain and our right brain, for instance, if we have implicit memories that come up, our right brain is really um, activated, we're feeling very emotional, we're flooded, we have sometimes emotional flashbacks. What helps to balance that is to get us grounded in the present and mindfully aware of our breath and our body sensations to slow everything down and activate then our left brain that sometimes puts words to things or context. Um, it helps to kind of soothe the right side that is um, kind of dysregulated. Same thing with our upstairs and downstairs brain, the balance and the integration of that um, brings healing just that we can address both parts of the brain left right upstairs downstairs we're bringing balance into those so that's an important part of healing i like the analogy of a rubber band i can totally see that i, I another thing that it brought up for me was new year's resolutions mm. or maybe like that reactionary kind of like oh crap things aren't going well so i'm just going to throw all my switches the other direction and hope something changes and i think like just how we perceive stretching to be good how if you go from zero to fully stretched with a rubber band the rubber band snaps mm -hmm. and i can also see that in a lot of like my day-to-day -day, which is like oh i'm feeling a little bit slog like sluggish how can I research all the workout things I possibly can and then tell myself I'm going to go to the gym every day for the next 40 days? Um, I can also seeing being unsustainable. And even though it's this drive for, I guess, balance or some sort of like resetting those scales, um, it's still such an extreme um, shift that even from a physical standpoint with exercise, that would cause injury. Right. That you can't continue your exercise if you've overpulled a muscle, overextended yourself. I can also see, too, how people are like, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm just going to spend all day playing video games tomorrow. It's <laughs> like that's probably not sustainable either for, to go from like that 100 to just zero to back to 100 again. Um, I like this concept of balance, too. Like we've said before, it's it's something that you continually have to revisit with that mindfulness, kind of continuously having that needle on the pulse to be able to just be able to say, where am I right now and how am I doing? And what am I needing? How can I take good care of myself? And I think when we have good balance, that, that gives us a foundation of like a rhythm. There's a sense of, of pacing and rhythm and... Um, sustainability from that and even to say whenever we have rhythm we still have to reset and view listen to our body and say where am i at because even when you're good it's good to revisit and say how am i feeling right now and maybe it's just another affirmation to say this is a good place this rhythm is exactly where you should be or maybe it's i've gotten so caught up in my rhythm i've forgotten that what i need isn't actually there one of the ways that we had talked before about um, perfectionism a few weeks ago, um, the idea of balance related to how do we be kind of recovering perfectionists? How can we be in recovery <laughs> with that? Um, so balance in that instance looks like having less pressure and 
and less focus on our performance to things that maybe for a while, instead of trying to do so much, we focus more on being. We can put our emphasis on being relational and emotional and having depth instead of just pressure to do more. And we can understand our humanity and that we have limits, that we can't keep pushing and trying to be perfect. It's not possible. I'm, there's just so much to bring into this with perfectionism, you know, with the imbalance of trauma, you know, pushing you off that centered space. Um, and then nutrition. I keep thinking of nutrition and how it relates and to balance and the act of balancing in yoga when you're doing a pose everything's centered in you know where where are your feet are you pressing equally into the the front and um side, the front and your heels and your four corners of your feet and uh, then you know balance is also identifying where you are and when you are balancing on one foot it's it's paying attention to those it's making micro adjustments um, so that you can stay upright. And then also the huge forgiveness that you need to embrace when you do become off balance, when you do experience trauma, when you are um, engaging in these activities, like the perfectionist activities or beating yourself up emotionally. How important it is to have the self-compassion when we are struggling and straining and trying to figure it out, trying to find what that balance is, how much we need to allow for that learning process probably to kind of sort it out a little bit, figure it out, make those minor adjustments and, and be in process while we, while we learn that. Yeah. It seems like a key point of balance throughout this conversation that I realized is patience, Mm. being able to make those tiny adjustments And being able to just say, hey, I'm not at my perfect place yet. I think that yoga is a good example because, you know, uh, my partner is somebody who's really into yoga. And whenever I go do yoga with her, it's frustrating because this I can count on two hands how many times I've done yoga this year. And so doing a lot of these poses, I'm inflexible and I can't do the perfect pose right away. And of course, like the point is to continuously do it so that you can kind of work on your balance and establish those muscles. But of course, like not practicing it, trying to force yourself Mm -hmm. into those things, then it's still going from that zero to a hundred. So I see that, um, patience seems to be so key. And like you said, mom, um, how it plays into like perfectionism and stuff like that just being okay with being in process. Like to me, balance as well is just being able to take a deep breath and saying like, it's okay. Like if I can't finish all my homework that I have to do by the end of tonight because I haven't started it yet, is not very like balanced. But to be able to say like, hey, if I can just work on my homework for an hour tonight and then tomorrow I can work on my homework for an hour, then I'll be a lot further. Like it feels more like, it's okay. We're in process. We're in route, as we like to say here. <laughs> <laughs> and even that idea of yoga too, it's never about what the pose looks like or trying to force your body into a pose, but it's much more about, am I listening to what my body is needing 
And am I noticing the sensations in my body of what it feels like to stretch or to uh, find new strength or kind of be impressed with your own growth and progress in it that it where you notice like I really am changing this is this is really helping me to feel better or sleep better or have less anxiety or um, you can tell the difference that it's making in your life off of the mat too and so I like that about yoga too yeah um after our break we're going to announce community roots yoga because we mentioned it so much <laughs> but I do see that like that mindfulness mixed with patience as being very key to balance just that continual checkup with yourself as well as that patience to say tomorrow I'm not going to be it's not all going to be figured out but I'm working on it I wanted to mention too I just think this is kind of interesting thinking about balance and how we heal trauma Um, one of the modalities that we use is called EMDR which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing and what that uses is bilateral stimulation, which is left-right movement. And so anyone who's familiar with tappers or sometimes there's a light bar or kind of following your therapist's fingers um, so the eyes are moving left to right or you're, you're feeling these sensations in your hands with these tappers, that left-right movement is actually bringing healing to the brain because of its balancing out. And and the um, woman who came up with uh, that modality is um, Francine Shapiro. And she discovered it when she was taking a walk in the park, that mm-hmm. she was thinking about how her, her brain was trying to process through a difficult event and that the movement of her walk, the left, right of her feet walking, was actually mm-hmm. bringing some resolution to what she was so distressed about. I think... Uh, just to clarify, when you are practicing EMDR with a therapist, you are reprocessing, you are going through and visiting um, a, a situation, revisiting a situation in your mind. Is that right? Like you, you're given a, a cue card, not a cue card, but you are discussing something and then you have to go back and mentally revisit that instance. Is that right? In some cases, it's a certain event that you're we kind of talk about it like there's a train station and you're moving down the track or you're following a movie and you're just watching it. But it's really about how your traumatic memory is stored in the brain and it's going to be stored differently. So instead of being stuck in your limbic brain, that's very reactive or amygdala we've talked about before on here. Um, it's able to cross over the corpus callosum into the prefrontal cortex, but it's like how mom's going for the extra credit, (laughs) (laughs) but it's how you can then make sense of your trauma instead of seeing it as something that has a huge charge in your body where you're distressed and overwhelmed by it. And you kind of tend to have negative feelings about yourself. It can be stored differently where your body sensations have calmed and settled and you actually view yourself in a more positive way. So it's more empowering and um, life-giving, peaceful. You have a very different experience of whatever it was that traumatized you in the first place, which is sometimes events, but it's also sometimes things like we call complex PTSD or relational trauma. It's chronic things that happened many times. And some of that is very pre-verbal, early trauma, um, implicit memories that we don't even have an event to go back to. It's interesting we're talking about EMDR because several years ago I did um, practice uh, with a therapist some EMDR. And I 
um, couldn't decide if I liked the tappers better or the light bar. Both are very interesting in their own right. But the key thing that my therapist always said afterwards was be kind to yourself now because you've brought up um, whatever you've brought up and your body has processed this. And the balancing aspect is to be kind and gentle to yourself. Um, usually it was on a Friday, so she'd say over the weekend, you, you know, just be kind to yourself. Um, and I think that was just the sweetest. A really supportive way to be able to encourage your, your healing. Exactly. To was, kind of embrace yourself with some self-compassion and kindness. Absolutely. Bringing up trauma is not um, anything easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, on yourself on your body uh subconsciously you're going through so much having brought up traumatic events or revisited some some traumatic experience uh and the balance there is definitely to be aware of that and mindful and be kind to yourself i don't think we're kind enough to ourselves when we address trauma mm-hmm. um, i don't think we're kind to ourselves in general i think we have that eye of what's ideal and why are we not hitting it um and i even like the idea of balance too like what i was thinking about is like social media and how i feel like that puts some unfair comparisons on people because we're basically only posting on social media whenever like we do something really fun as opposed to just our day-to-day and then um when we compare ourselves to that it just doesn't meet up but understanding maybe that we're separate that I don't know I I do like the idea of being kind to yourself um in general um because there's already already so many other pressures you don't need to be mean to yourself as well I think it's hard to be kind to yourself especially with seeing especially with social media I think it's hard to embrace that and to be okay with being you and not meeting somebody else's standards or standards or high expectations that you've set for yourself I think it takes a lot of courage to step out there and put up boundaries. I think boundaries are an important component of balance for sure. And that is extremely difficult and can be scary. Uh, you, you may find yourself in very uncharted territory being kind to yourself and in incorporating balance. Yeah, the idea of boundaries connected to balance is that I have to have limits. I can't say yes to everything. I can't do it all. So I'm going to have to bring it to a more sustainable place and I'm going to have to decide what what capacity do I have in that moment am I able to give more am I not and again that goes back to the mindfulness and being self-aware I just thought it was kind of fascinating just to say about the EMDR that that left right movement just thinking about this the brain is wanting to get resolved it's doing the work. The brain is doing the work. We're not consciously trying to make something happen. Mm. That left-right movement is actually what's integrating the trauma and doing the work. It's just kind of fascinating that we're wired that way for healing, for balance, for integration, for like that is helping us to heal and grow. And I think that's a cool concept, just thinking about what healing looks like and what balance looks like. I think it's amazing that maybe balance is that incorporation of left, right. If you are, you know, exercising, if you are getting outside, if you are moving, if you are using both left and right brain while your body is processing, while your mind is processing, you are essentially kind of doing your own EMDR. You're doing your own trauma processing. 
um, your, your body wants to be in balance. Mm -hmm. Your body needs to be in balance. That's cool. Yeah, you can't walk left, 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 left. <laughs> <laughs> That's called hopping. Right, right. <laughs> That's not sustainable. <laughs> That's funny. No, but if you do too much of one thing, just throughout life, you know, if you do too much of, well, I won't say if you do too much reading because I don't think you can do too much reading. Um, but if you do too much of one thing, you sit in front of a computer for too long, if you talk to one person or you don't talk to anybody or you are on a I said computer the video games we've mentioned but just things that keep you isolated or or just one rep repetition is not good for your body repetition is not good for your muscles my uh, massage therapist just begged me to stretch just a couple times a day just please stretch because you are this repetition is creating tension and it's creating friction in your muscles and it's causing the knots and that's why, like, I sit like a hunchback because I'm repetitively, <laughs> we all sit up, uh, I'm, re I'm re repetitively sitting in the same position and, and my muscles need to be um, uh, lubricated <laughs> and need to be smoothed out. And by, and by stretching, you can do that. Mm -hmm. And our brains are wired very similarly. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's a lot of questions that we pose in, like, uh, self-awareness throughout this podcast like and one of them can be am I balanced right now am I feeling balanced um, as we have like this giant bag of candy in the <laughs> middle of our table do not judge us for this <laughs> right no but I think also balance is being okay with not being in balance or acknowledging that you're not in balance and for me I would seek to be perfect at being balanced and the uh, and balancing itself is coming back to center it's coming back to at least acknowledging i am in balance today that is an act of balancing acknowledging that you are not uh, you know i've eaten a whole bag of doritos today that is not balanced i need to incorporate some fruits and vegetables or even the thought of doing that those micro adjustments that you know i'm sitting in the car i'm hunched over i will sit up slightly or i haven't taken a deep breath I recognize I need to take deep breath or man, I have really been um, going gangbusters at work. I need some relaxation time. I think acknowledging that is a huge step into becoming balanced. And maybe you don't go play video games after working gangbusters. I, you know, that's further down the road, but I think we have to be very cognizant of, recognizing when we are imbalanced and also not judging ourselves for when we are imbalanced. It's just so important to be kind to yourself and to say like, it's okay. You know what? It's been rough. You know what? Um, I've had a really bad day at work or I had a really bad discussion with this person or I encountered something and it made me feel unpleasant. And I acknowledge that and that's, and, and be kind to yourself about that. And then, you know, if, if you make it difference in the next five minutes, great if you if you can't then you know when the next opportunity comes take that opportunity um but i think going back to this i'm just stuck on this kindness thing of be kind to yourself when you're not in balance like don't beat yourself up if you're not physically fit or where you physically want to be or if you are going through something you know be kind to yourself and acknowledge that you're going through there because balance isn't necessarily like you want to be balanced but just like yoga the pose is not the um the point 
It is the mindfulness. I was recently reading a book by Ashley Davis Bush called Simple Self-Care for Therapists, Restorative Practices to Weave Through Your Workday. And she talks about um, self-care practices are the things that make and keep us healthy and happy. And they all involve nurturing the self. And at their best, they're the seeds for growing self-compassion, which is kind of what we've been talking about with kindness and how we treat ourselves, that we have an opportunity to to be kind and gentle to ourselves, to be nurturing to ourselves. But she has this concept of the difference between macro self-care and micro self-care and macro self-care are the big activities that we rest and we relax and we have fitness, but they tend to take more time and sometimes resources. If I'm going to go take a vacation for a while, that's going to cost me some money. It's going to take time out of my schedule at work. Um, if I'm going to do a big program of, whatever fitness club I want to join or whatever I want to do, all of that is, is a more um, macro approach to self-care. But what she really focuses this book on is micro self-care and the idea that all these simple daily tasks that we can do um, throughout our day will nurture and protect and heal ourselves. All these little practices throughout our day will improve our mood and decrease our emotional reactivity and increase our mind and body awareness. And so I've been trying to apply this a little bit in my day-to-day of just trying to take more pauses and to notice what's happening in transitions of, you know, for me as a therapist, it might be whenever my client has just left the room and I close the door for a moment and I'm able to take a deep breath or, um, maybe stretch my body in between sessions for a moment or drink some more water or just kind of pause to collect myself before spending time with a different person. Um, But it's also, you know, it could be trying to incorporate um, rhythms and practices like every time I open a door, I'm going to take a deep breath Mm -hmm. or every time my phone rings or I hear a certain sound, I'm going to focus on deep breathing or drinking water or something like it's all the little tiny things. It's the things that we can do when we just have a moment in between activities or something that what are we going to do with that moment? Or if we can be in our body and notice I've got a twinge in my neck or I'm feeling tight, can I stretch it a little bit and just feel so much better because I'm paying attention to what my body is trying to tell me. You mentioned um, a couple weeks ago, not here, but that at red lights are a great place to take a take a deep breath. And I have been not successful all of the time, but I'm balancing this and I'm practicing it by every time I hit a red light, I try to remember to take a deep breath because I hate red lights. And it's a great moment to take that moment to, I'm, you know, experience that anger and then at the same time resolve it with a good deep breath. Mm -hmm. or if your computer is buffering that's one for me (laughs) like I'm constantly like I just want to be able to click on something and go to my next tab or do my next thing and it takes a minute or it's not even a minute it's taking probably five or ten seconds but it feels like five minutes or something and so when that's doing it's like okay this is my reminder to pause right now I can just pause for this moment some people might identify with this but I feel 
that or I I notice myself every time I have a brief second checking my phone or something mm-hmm. using those pauses that I could to just like take a deep breath and relax instead I'm like okay got to fill that void with something even if it's memes on Reddit you know and I think that there's something really cool about just breathing um I notice that in yoga and in working out and just in general, that if I take a deep breath, it's really centering for me, both in clarity of like mind and just balance of my body. Being able to take a deep breath, I think, is really key for me. And I actually try and close my eyes, too, which I don't know if I do that at red light. <laughs> but um, just because, uh, well, I heard my optometrist say that we don't blink enough. So I try and blink and breathe at the same time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I find that really centering and even before a test, taking a deep breath um, or before I'm about to do something um, challenging or something that gives me anxiety. But then also afterwards, I think it's also good too. Um, But something I'm going to try to do even in this conversation is stop trying to fill the void with my phone and instead just sit with a moment and take a deep breath and be okay with just waiting and I don't have to go to the next thing all the time but rather just sitting in that moment I loved this quote by John Lee that I put on Instagram on our our account with community roots Um, deep breathing is a very important form of communication it's your body's way of saying I'm okay I'm still here I'm listening and I'm not too afraid and so just using that breath to kind of ground ourselves into the present that we're going to be okay and we can do this I think that's a cool way of feeling more balanced too. Something I've done as well, something I like as equally as I think you guys like yoga is meditation, (laughs) Um, which I know that they're very similar, but also uh, meditation for me, I can do at work even while just being there, focusing on my feet or my breath, um, I think is something that I can incorporate into small moments that I think is really key, just being able to relax, take a deep breath, and just see where my thoughts take me, but also not letting them take me Mm. um, is something that I found really useful. Julie, would meditation uh, fall in the macro or micro um, aspect of balance? It makes sense to me to put it with the micro of just I can do it throughout my day like I think in terms of you can be mindfully aware and do like a meditative Mm. shower in the morning or brushing your teeth or all throughout you know mindfully eating you have these different I'm I'm getting more aware of the present moment which I think is what meditation brings you back to my first therapist in Columbus was super into meditation and um, he was showing me these videos that he had done that you can just, I guess, just audio clips that you could listen to. And he's like, everybody tries for the half hour, hour one. And he's like, I don't even do that. Just do mm. the five minute meditation or less because you don't need to go to such extremes to achieve like clarity or breath. Just focusing on those small moments that you can just get a breath. Another thing I wanted to say too, that I can't remember who gave me this advice, but it's brilliant. But if you have 10 minutes and you're exhausted, being able to just lie down on the ground on a flat surface, just setting your alarm and just closing your eyes and just focusing on breathing, 
you wake up 10 minutes later and you feel like you just had a 40 minute nap mm. um, is one of those ways that I can find a lot of time and not a lot. So then, Julie, what are some examples of some macro balancing activities that we can do? Because I, I tend to think of, well, macro being I'm going to exercise three days a week and I'm going to make sure that I take days off of work and I am going to eat more healthy. That's what comes to my mind when I think of macro. I think you've, you've hit it well. I mean, it's it's the big things that we're doing that help sustain us. Mm. And even I think balance could follow fall under that category that I'm going to live a balanced life mm. in all these bigger things. But it's just, I think the thing that helps people feel like it's more possible is that it can be the smallest things too. I think that's wonderful because a lot of times, you know, not everyone can get out and exercise um, not everyone can make immediate adjustments to what they're eating or, um, you know, or ha- have the ability to take time off of work or, you know, get away. But those micro adjustments that you can do throughout the day are equally, if not much more valuably important to, you know, your overall health. I really feel so encouraged by that. I mean, for, for the people that don't want to you know, it seems too big, too hard, too much. How can I possibly do this huge grand gesture or something? But I can do something. Mm -hmm. I can do just a little bit. I can try for just a minute or two to add something in. And then if I can do that throughout my day, that I can kind of check in with myself and, you know, how much water have I been drinking? Or I'm just going to sit for a few minutes instead of just constantly running from one thing to the next or I'm just going to pause if we could learn how to pause I think that would bring so much balance to our day so being mindful instead of mindless like mindlessly surfing reddit memes or what kitten pictures I had a I had a really cool um quote given to me actually by someone that I was listening to that said how about instead of checking out that we check in And I thought, that's really cool. So instead of just like scrolling and checking out so I can zone, what if I check in with myself to this moment? Why don't I see how I'm doing? Instead of just trying to escape, I'm actually going to come here and be present now. Why do you think we don't? Why is my knee-jerk reaction at every pause to pull up Facebook or Twitter or Instagram? Why do I want to zone out? Is it scary? Like, I guess I'm thinking out loud right now, but, you know, you do, yeah, check in. Why Why this craving to check out? Stillness is so hard, isn't it? I mean, just like being able to be with what is instead of trying to fill the space, kind of like what you were saying, Samuel. Yeah. Society, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I do think like uh, that, I think that's a large topic to unpack. But I do think a lot of our life is trying to get our attention and is trying to get us to pay attention to it. And whenever you throw in like those dopamine rushes of that funny joke or the new Mm. fact that you see on Facebook or um, your comment got likes, like uh, that might be where our brain is trying to go. But I also think with that balance too, being able to say like, 
well, how much of this is actually sustainable for me? How much of this is worthwhile? Um, you know, we get like sugar rushes from eating tons of chocolate, but it's not necessarily sustainable to eat chocolate all the time. Even though if you had chocolate in your house, you'd probably eat it. <laughs> Without a doubt. Right. And so it's extra hard whenever it's your phone and it's an app and it's always there. And it's like having chocolate at your house all the time. And so I think you have to make a purposeful effort to be able to say, no, I'm not going to look at my phone right now because it's like having chocolate in the house. And so um, I think it's our natural inclination to go for those dopamine rushes, for those moments of like what's adding happiness. But I think it's more worthwhile and like long-term sustainable to just be able to sit and take a deep breath instead. And I know as with this podcast almost weekly, I sit back and I'm like, man, I have another thing to work on this week. (laughs) Another thing to kind of mull around in my brain and kind of add to my day-to-day because I see a lot of instances that even I feel like I'm just turned up to a 10 sometimes whenever I go from homework to looking at my phone so I can scroll through a couple of things to immediately driving to it's just constant stimuli and I think I need to take just a deep breath and sit back and say how am I doing I like that checking in thing um, instead of zoning out because I I, I think that we just need to do a whole community roots episode on why do we want to zone out? Mm-hmm. Why do we want to do that? But I do th- know that it it's something that I'm going to add to my daily practice of how can I listen to myself? And pay attention to the sensations in your body and even, you know, to check in with uh, what are my thoughts? What are my feelings? What do I, what am I noticing? My partner, Connie, said something completely on a different topic, but just in kind of like this idea of your best friend is you. You're always going to have you. No matter what happens in life, you're always going to be there. And so understanding yourself is so key and so important because you're the one that you hang out with the most. And so Mm -hmm. being able to actually listen to yourself instead of just assuming what you think is the case, um, I think is really beneficial. I always advocate for that for mental health and for healing is that you're the one relationship you have for the rest of your life. Right. And so be kind to that other relationship. That's right. No one's like, go date someone and be a jerk. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, no, you want to be kind. Absolutely. No one's going to say, you're never going to say you're, you would never tell your best friend, oh, you failed. You failed. You're such a failure. You don't look the way you should look. You are lazy. You, you know, you brought this on yourself. Nobody's ever going to talk to their best friend like that. So don't talk to yourself like that. You're your own best friend. So be nice. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it does come back to also balance is a practice. Being kind to yourself is a practice. You have to exercise that muscle. You Mm -hmm. have to exercise those boundaries. You have, it's something you have to do. And maybe we don't want to do it because we have, it's, it's a practice and checking out is lazy and we just, it's, it's It's easier. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's not sustainable and it will not bring you lasting health. I even want to think of it, maybe not in a way of have to, or don't have to rather just be more beneficial to do something else. 
because I think like even this idea of having to do something, I feel the tension of like, mm. crap, I didn't do it this last time, you know? And instead just being like, well, you can look at your phone and you'll get a couple of interesting facts or a laugh or you can focus on mindfulness and then the rest of your day might be better because you can actually check in with yourself instead of a quick moment of burst. And maybe when you do find yourself looking at your phone you and you recognize, oh, I've been looking at my phone for five minutes and it was supposed to be 30 seconds or now it's been 15 minutes. Right, let's be real. It's been okay, 25 sorry. minutes <laughs> and you're supposed to give yourself five. Yeah, exactly. But in that moment, don't beat yourself up. Don't right. beat yourself up for it. Acknowledge that you two are human and these things happen and maybe I will turn my phone off now or you, you know you have that opportunity in that moment to make a difference and maybe you don't make it in that moment but you can take the next moment one of the thoughts too that's just interesting to me about balance with our phones is that if we step back and we're not reachable for a little while then people are you know texting multiple times in a row to, you know I'm looking for an answer I want to know mm -hmm you know, like I have to be so accessible all the time and it feels nice to just step away from your phone and to just like, I, I keep my phone on do not disturb for the most part all the time. And I'll just try to check it periodically so I can, you know, be informed of something particularly with my family is going on. But other than that, I step back a little bit so that I can have some space and to have some balance. I'm one of those yeah. younger people that just I hardly remember what life was like before having a phone that texted. And so whenever I'm separated from my phone, I feel this anxiety. Like, where is my wallet slash keys? You know, where are my glasses? Um, and so this next couple, this next month, I'm going to work on maybe stepping away a little bit, like focusing on that mindfulness, on asking myself working on the relationship with Samuel a little mm -hmm. bit um, because even throughout this whole conversation I was like well I feel pretty balanced you know my diet's good I get good exercise and then we talk about phones and I'm like oh crap <laughs> <laughs> this whole next segment is just about me <laughs> Brene Brown has a quote that I think pertains to balance and she says stillness is not about focusing on nothingness it's about creating a clearing it's opening up an emotionally clutter-free space and allowing ourselves to feel and think and dream and question. And I like thinking of that in terms of having some space and having um, the opportunity to feel the sense of balance in our life that we're not just um, pushing and rushing and trying to get everything done, but we're creating some clearing. We're making some space so that we can sit with ourselves a little bit and and get to know what we feel and think and wonder about and to just have those moments to pause and to feel more balanced. So on that note, we like to end every episode with some gratitudes. Um, and, you know, this week I am going to take a moment to appreciate health. And just being able to walk around without feeling like crap. Mm -hmm. And it's like having like a kink in your neck or like a broken bone. As soon as it's healed, you're like, whoa. Or whenever you get sick, you're like, I should have appreciated being healthy more. But really, even today I went to work, like I did some chores and I did homework and class. And I was able to do the whole thing without 
taking a nap, which was a big step for me after these last two weeks. So I'm grateful for my health. I want to keep myself up there. And I'm looking forward to this next month. I'm feeling really thankful, just and a little bit nostalgic about looking back on our first season. We're calling mm. this season one, the close of season one for Community Roots. And we've done just a lot of, uh, what do we want to call it? <laughs> Work. Digging deep. I don't we've know. We've just brainstormed and given our whole hearts to it and gotten so excited about all these different things that we're doing and it's been energizing and exciting and motivating and challenging and it's just like let's just take a deep breath and think wow this has been a really cool season it's had a lot of of growth and excitement and fun and and good to model just this pacing of let's slow down and let's just regroup and breathe and make sure that we're healthy and sustainable. And so I'm really thankful for the wisdom in that, that we can live out balance even as a community roots family. I'm going to go out and say that I am grateful for the weather. It is windy. It is cold. It is snowy. It is undeniably winter outside. And I am a fan of the four seasons it brings balance to my life because, and I was thinking this today, you know, in months, mere months, we're going to be groaning and moaning about how hot it is and how sweaty we are. And I'm going to get in my car and it's just going to be so gross. And I'm going to, you know, that whole thing. So I appreciate this winter experience. And if that makes me unpo- unpopular with all of you, dear listeners and Samuel and Julie, then um, too bad. I have a second follow-up gratitude, which is that we're one day closer to summer. (laughs) Uh, Don't take my gratitude (laughs) segment. Uh, Okay, well, that wraps up another great episode and a great season. You know, um, with mom's gratitude, I was thinking of kind of walking down a trail and then as you're, you turn around and you're like, whoa, we've made it a far way and it was beautiful what we did. Mm. And um, that's the kind of, Um, emotion I'm feeling is like we have covered so many topics our first three episodes are a quick rough guide to you're feeling like you need some help and every all your warning signs are going off so our first three episodes are great for that we've talked about trauma about music about the amygdala about um, anxiety there's there's countless things that we've already covered and it was only a couple months. So I'm really excited for uh, what we're about to go do. And I'm with mom. I'm excited also looking back and seeing how far we've come. So uh, thanks so much for joining us this whole season. Please go back and listen to the podcast.